Hello and welcome to the 69th episode of the Creator Waffle Podcast. I'm your host Mark Hirons and today we are talking to Lisa Quine, all the way from Cleveland, Ohio. Lisa is a lettering artist and muralist, and in this episode we talk about hand lettering, moving away from the day job into your side hustle, making that your main source of income, hand lettering, how to start hand lettering, advice to the beginners, murals, and throughout the show Lisa tells the story and gives great advice. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Without further ado, this is my chat with Lisa Quine. Welcome to the show. Happy to be here. I mean, this came about on what the bus ride, the shuttle ride from Columbus, Georgia to Atlanta. Yeah, so, yeah. Just it's crazy how you meet people at Creative South, just everywhere. Um, and I didn't expect to be with anyone on the on the way back. And I'm really happy that I met you and the other two guys as well. So yeah, it's nice to talk to people. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you opened your mouth and I heard an accent, so I'm like, <laughs> this guy has a story. Like. I don't know if anyone else traveled as far as you for Creative South, so that was pretty cool. Let's get into it. Let's get a bit about your background and where where you're from and what you do. Well, I'm from Menor, Ohio, so definitely the heart of the Midwest and the heart of it all, as they say about Ohio, because it's like almost in the middle of the country, but it is like in a heart shape. So lived there, like grew up there, um, went to college in Southern Ohio, and then moved back up to Cleveland after college. So (laughs) definitely uh, stayed home pretty much, but it worked out nicely because I mean, that's where all the connections were. That's where my family is. It's my hometown girl, but yeah. So I had the opportunity to work in advertising right after college. So I took an internship there as an art director they hired me on after that and stayed in advertising for about six years. Luckily, <laughs> got out of that. It was fun. Like, I loved it because, you know, when you're in school, it's just hustle, hustle, hustle. You're like trying to put together a portfolio and stuff. So I was looking forward to just having a structure nine to five, but I had all this energy from school. So I started lettering outside of work too, just to like, keep it keep my energy going like I couldn't sleep because I was like I I still have all this creative energy like and so I started doodling lyrics and stuff like that and that's kind of how I got into lettering nice yeah yeah. I heard I was listening to uh, Diane's podcast and and she asked I mean I'll try to think of different questions uh so I hope I've got a few but if if anyone hasn't and hasn't heard the story before and you go into a lot of detail about it on there so uh I'm gonna try and sort of sidestep uh, oh, okay. You did your research. <laughs> well, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. But first of all, first of all, Ohio. I always say it in a weird way, Ohio. <laughs> um, what's it like? Because I know so many people that are from there now. Like you got Jeremy, Dylan, um, Ben, uh, the other Ben, yourself. Yeah, at least at least six people, five six people that are from there. What's it like? From Ohio. Yeah. yeah. Oh my, um, <laughs> well, I don't know if you watched the um, football draft, but we are a factory of sadness. <laughs> um, like American football is pretty big or I think it's on the decline, but um, we don't do well in sports other than basketball, just because we have LeBron James right now. And um, actually, I think the biggest compliment I've ever received was at my wedding in September. One of the best men gave a speech, and he said that I was the LeBron James of lettering. I'm like, <laughs> we have that on tape. So. Yeah. That's going on the site. That's going on the website. Top of the website. LeBron James of, 
Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I still strive to be that, but um, I mean, it, it's got a lot of seasons and a lot of character. Um, I don't know, like Midwest people are known for talking very blandly, but um, but also like you know, be, being like workaholics and kind of nice to each other because you know we go through pretty harsh winters together, so you might as well be nice and try to squash the crankiness <laughs> yeah, yeah. but the summers are great cool well i'm hoping to get to ohio next time i come back to south so oh my God. yeah, yeah <laughs> that'd be cool yeah so i'm hoping i know it's not confirmed but i'm hoping to go from there to columbus to columbus uh yeah we'll see, we'll see. Columbus to columbus. that should be a thing <laughs> yeah we'll see what happens but yeah i'm really excited and hopefully Hopefully, it can make someone happen. What's what's the advertising world like when you, where you are, and what was your job like, and how did you fit in? The job was super fun because we worked on like national, regional, and local clients. So um, every day was different. Um, the one thing that was pretty consistent, I worked on a client called Fazoli's, which is like the McDonald's of Italian food. So I would have big pasta bowls and breadsticks like up on my huge IMAX screen, like outlining the dishes and stuff and throwing them onto like, you know, window clings and advertisements for that. And I stopped eating pasta. So I lost a lot of weight <laughs> just because I was sick of looking at food all day. But it was fun to go on photo shoots and stuff. And um, the best part and the worst part of it was um, the office itself was downtown Cleveland, but they were going through construction. And so the creative team was me and like six other crazy uncles. Like we had a lot of copywriters who were also comedians. So they were hilarious, but we all got put in the storage closet while construction was going on. We weren't allowed to work from home. They're just like the creative team, you know, storage closet. So it looked like... Um, I don't know if you have any Home Depots over there or Lowe's. Yeah, We've got B&Q, which is like a similar. <laughs> it was like an aisle in there, um, you know, just boxes and boxes of things. And then in the middle of the aisle were just like a couple of folding tables. And that was our office for a while. And then there was pipes on the ceiling and a tarp underneath. And like every now and then you hear it dripping, but they're like, oh, yeah, that's the poop tarp. And I'm like, I'm out of here. <laughs> I like, I can't do this. Like, I'm just in a room locked all day with like a bunch of weird uncles. Like they were hilarious, but you know, I was the youngest, I was the only female. I'm like, this is not fun anymore. Um, so I jumped ship and I went to another agency, which was like the Patagonia of marketing. They were like, you know, they had really good benefits and stuff, but it was really fun working there except it was a lot of business to business, so not the most glamorous stuff. And um, it was still fun though. Like I said, a mix of um, national and local clients. So, you know, website design, print design, um, packaging even. So just like a little bit of everything. And that's what I really liked. Um, you know, I couldn't go full-time freelance right after college because I didn't take the time to learn the business side. So it was nice being at an agency and just kind of um, seeing how they do business, seeing how um, our account teams interact with clients and just like, you know, starting to get a library of knowledge of how to run a business. Yeah, nice. That's, that's, that's a cool way to do it as well. Uh, 
the photo shoots, did you ever have to like make make anything look perfect or make anything like tweak anything with like? Because I've seen videos on how they make the McDonald's adverts and how um, they make the burgers look so good. Yeah, we had to get like you know, um, with pasta especially, like all the mushrooms had to be distributed like evenly, and yeah. it was so weird because you couldn't get like um, the, the pasta sauce had to sit on top of the noodles, like you couldn't have messy looking noodles like they had to look clean and the pasta sauce had to be like on top so you only had a very quick window of time before the pasta started sinking in yeah so that was interesting and then one time we did like um, a chocolate drizzled cheesecake and like the sauce had to be perfect and stuff and there was a lot of like tweaking and i think That's a lot of photoshopping and post <laughs> yeah. oh, that sounds yeah. good uh did you, get, did you get to eat it Yes, yes, that was the best part. <laughs> Except I didn't want to because it's been on my screen like all week, yeah. you know. Like, <laughs> Maybe people should uh, become a designer for food, like well, for food companies and ad agencies. They want to lose weight. That's a good way of doing it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> what sort of environment was that like? I'm trying to think because you said you're only the only woman, and and how was that? Because obviously, when I think of like ad agencies, I think of like the hard, harder men trying to sell things and, and like the hustle and uh, stuff like that what sort of what was it like being a woman in an ad agency um <laughs> or is it a bit more relaxing in Ohio I'm not sure yeah like it was I might have been the only well there was a freelancer that came in like every now and then who was like this awesome hockey mom but um I mean it didn't really affect me that much I mean there was a little bit of sexism but I, I just figured like oh this is how things are but like the account team was mostly women and that was fine like that's who I mostly talked to like the yeah. account team was the one giving me the project so it was all good <laughs> cool yeah I just, I just uh, I'm interested like obviously from the other side I don't, I don't know what it's like so I mean I always try and ask questions about the, that sort of side of it uh, so when you were at school you're hand-lettering what sort of made you really interested in it? What sort of connected you with the music and, and how lettering? In lettering or graphic design? Uh, lettering, yeah. Lettering? Yeah. Um, I can't sing at all. Like, I, I grew up playing the piano and taking piano lessons, and I did a couple shows, but I couldn't sing for shit. And <laughs> I loved music so much. So, like, every time you hear a song, like, I started picturing like a music video and stuff like that. And I was just so drawn to music and I'm like, well, I can't sing and I am terrible at piano. So I'll just draw the lyrics. And it was just like, um, you know, the route that I could um, use to express myself and how I, I love music so much. Yeah. Did you ever do like any CD covers or anything like for like fan art or. You know what? Like <laughs> not really. I, I don't know why I never like got into that. I mean, I love gig posters and I always wanted to do something like that, but I was terrible at the conceptual side. So I think that's why lyrics are perfect. Like here's your content and um, I'm able to kind of tweak something that's already there. Whereas like gig posters are like, they always look like acid trips, you know? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, so obviously when looking at hand lettering, it takes, it looks like it takes tons of time. How do you stay patient with it? <laughs> this is what's so funny. Like, my husband makes fun of me because I have no patience at right. all. But when it comes to lettering, like, I really like detail work. And, um, oh, I'm a huge fan here. I have a book. 
whoop, I have a booklet right here. William Morris. Like, my uh, friend really got me into him. And he's from, like, the UK, right? I don't know. I haven't heard of him. I think so. <laughs> but, like, his stuff is so cool. Sorry. I don't know if you can see this. Yeah, like, nice. That's the kind of detail work that I'm drawn to. And I know that it'll take a lot of time, but I will rush it. Like, looking back at my artwork, I'm like, well, if I spent another hour, maybe these lines would be more straight or, like, you know... I wouldn't err so much, but I've just always been into like visual overload. <laughs> so yeah, I just, I think the outcome, um, better than, you know, the top or you, you know what I mean? Like yeah, I outweighs it. the outcome. <laughs> like seeing it finished outweighs the, the uh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's a really good point because when I did those posters behind me, the uh, New York city one, oh, my window. Okay. The, you, go. oh my God. Those yeah. are so good yeah oh thank you <laughs> um yeah one of those it's like i did like 24 hour like piece of work and i'm like halfway through like oh, do i really have to finish this but when you fit, when you see it finished and on the wall it's it, it's so it fills you with pride like right? you've completed something that that's uh taking you a long time and you put a lot of effort into it and it's really nice to see it you find that breaking up the work sessions helps too like walking yeah. away and then coming back to it yeah yeah i don't i don't just although the first one within the York one i just Tried to get it done like, over a weekend. Uh, that was that was quite good. I think it took me like Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, finished like Saturday, Sunday night. But yeah, the, the second one was a lot better when you broke it up over a few weeks. It, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. Do you ever get bored with doing hand lettering, like just taking so much time? I think because um, you could change up the tools. I think that helps. Like it's not like just pen and paper, pen and paper. Now it's the iPad or. Mm. Um, you know, you could do painting. So switching up the mediums helps. And like, especially with murals coming in too, like that, I mean, you go from the eye, sketching to the iPad to the wall. So that like never gets bored, boring. That's, that's good actually, because it brings me on to my next question. How has the iPad, uh, <laughs> has the iPad sort of sped up your creative process at all, if it has? Oh my God, it is <laughs> like, human gift to artists pretty much or <laughs> Apple's gift to artists um like you just snap a picture of the wall you can just sketch right on it and like erasing is huge because you just have to double tap you don't have to take a large eraser and erase everything so that is super nice and layers like you know it's not tracing paper over tracing paper it's just like you know digital layers yeah. so it is like really cut down on time like i can enjoy life again <laughs> So I was speaking to Brad, uh, Brad Woodward about this and um, from uh, Brave the Woods and he, and he was saying that it's, it's such a good tool and he's, he wouldn't look back on how he did it with, without it. Uh, and I was trying to say, I was trying to persuade myself to get one, but it's just, it's just so much money for someone that's not a hand letter or someone's not a full-time illustrator. So I'm trying to get into more illustrations and, and I think it'll come in handy. But. Are you trying to get into like architectural illustrations? Because I saw your um, I think it was beer packaging with the buildings yeah. on it. That was so cool. I love the colors. Uh, uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, it's always nice when people say that. Um, oh, and soccer players. Yeah. So the, oh, the football. <laughs> Sorry. So the players, yeah. I'm trying to do more um, more football clubs and and uh, yeah, with that. Um, but yeah, the packaging and, and the, the illustration style. I'm trying to trying to find if myself really in the illustration world we'll see what happens but i'm sure i'll end up getting one at some point 
So who are like some illustrators that you look up to for like stuff like that? Is there anyone that you like pull up their website and you're like, oh, I wanted to try that style? Yeah, for, for specifically uh, football stuff, there's a guy called Dan Layden, who's really cool. Uh, there's a guy from John, John Sport Traits who we interviewed a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he, he was really cool as well. Um, but then for just normal illustration, you've got like Dylan Menges, who's just my favorite, one of my favorite people. Uh, oh, <laughs> he's so good. And he's like an hour, he lives like two hours away from me. Wait, in the same state, but two hours away? Yes. Wow, that's crazy. People like that, you just look up to you look up to so many different styles as well. You, you got Brad, like, like I say, Brave the Woods. He's such a playful style as well. He's he's always inspiring people, always doing work, good work. So I mean, there's tons of people you can say. Uh, I think right. you should look at bits of everyone. It's awesome that you get to interview them, though. Yeah, you've got a platform, got to chat to them. It's good. It's really nice. That's why the podcast started because you you can chat to so many cool people. Um, so what what's your favorite material to work with? Oh God. I think just a regular pen and paper, just because, you know, you can do it while you're traveling and stuff. And I just, nothing beats that look. I mean, I love the iPad, but you, there's something, sorry, there's just something about, you know, doodling in a journal. Yeah. I think it's nostalgic too, because that, I mean, I started in high school. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Would you like drawing in the middle of class and stuff like, and like not pay attention? Yes, I had a tendency to fall asleep. Like when the, the teacher goes over, shuts off the lights and starts doing like a presentation or something, I just, I could not, like, I can't pay attention. So actually doodling or giving me something to draw throughout the class really helped. And it was, I was a better student because of it. Is that, is that helping like revision wise as well? Because you draw pictures and stuff. Wait, what? Would, it, what? Did it, would that help like, with, like studying for tests and things? Oh, pictures and stuff. Do you not call it a revision? Uh, we call it a revision. That's weird. Yeah, I, revision to me is like an edit, like when someone yeah, like, yeah. back to you and like, oh, just fix this. <laughs> Why do we call it that? That's strange. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Do you, is that did that help at all? Like with um, with studying for exams? Not really. Like more distraction. I don't know. Like when it was actually interesting in in advertising. The copywriter would always draw a picture of what they're thinking, and I would always like write words. So it was like a switch of the rules. So taking notes and stuff, I'm definitely like I I don't draw any pictures. I'm like, am I a real artist? Like this is all text. Like, I, it's hard to draw a picture on the spot. Like I feel like I have to be working on a project. But um, no, maybe maybe I needed to try that though. <laughs> so the creative self um, stuff. You're becoming a bit of a teacher. Uh, and then they like workshops and things. How yeah. did that go? How did I get that? Yeah, how did, no, how did it go? How did I? Oh, I loved it. Like, yeah. it's weird because I was never formally taught how to letter. Like, it's just something I did on my own. So when building a curriculum, I'm like, how do I even start? Like, I, I wanted to tell people like, oh, just, you know, pull a bunch of images together that you like and take like a little bit of like this style from here, the style from here, mesh it all together. And that's kind of what I did. And that's kind of how I started. Like I gave them printouts of inspiration and I'm like, you know, if you see something you really like, why don't you try out that style? But like without totally taking it from another artist, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, you just practice with styles you like and eventually you gravitate towards a couple and start to mold it and make it your own. 
So where do you start that from the beginning? Like say, say I wanted to start at the straight M. So I start the hand lettering tomorrow. And what would I do? Oh God, that's a good question. Um, I, I would get, I would go to the library and get a bunch of books and like spread them across the table. Cause there's nothing like, you know, pa paper again, I love like using library books for inspiration, but if, to save time, if you don't want to do that, um, I would just like, Go to Instagram or Behance or Dribble, like any of those portfolio websites and pull a bunch of images, have like 10 up on your computer and just like pick a quote you like and just start like doodling stuff. Um, I start with thumbnail sketches. Uh, I have a book over there somewhere, but you know, just thumbnail sketches and, and try to pick a layout that you like. And once you stick with that, then you can, you know, do the skeleton put clothes on the skeleton and then ink it in. <laughs> so what's, what's that skeleton like? How does that grow into the final piece? Right, hang on, let me get my sketchbook. Cause I'm bad at explaining. Uh, so obviously, like, watching like, hand lettering and, and this sort of stuff, like watching people like Seb Lester and um, just on the internet, like, you see these videos and it's absolutely incredible. Obviously I'm, I'm just there like clicking away and, and I, I have a bit of an appreciation for handmade stuff now. And especially yeah. as huge murals. Right? So here's how some of my like chalkboards start out. Like I'll write all the information out and then I'll try to like put it in a layout and then eventually, you know, sketch it out on the actual chalkboard. But um, it all starts with like writing the word out and then you could add the thickness or the modulation to the letters or, you know, if you're putting spurs on the letter, add that. But it just starts off with like, you know, your chicken scratch handwriting. <laughs> Is that working with chalk and, and pens and pencils, obviously at different points, is that, how, how do you have to adjust it? I find it hard to erase because it's just, it's so smudgy on the chalkboard. So sometimes I'll get out the projector and project my sketch and that helps a lot or just hope to God I like wing it pretty much and then cover up all my mistakes with details. Like this is where details come in handy. Like you can't you can't see mistakes easily when there's like so much crap on the board. <laughs> so much else like to distract your eye. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Uh, what's yeah. the biggest piece you've done? Oh God. So I went full-time freelance um, back in November because I officially landed a six-wall mural in this um, office building in Cleveland. They're called Global X and they do taxes on historical buildings. Right. I don't know, but they make a lot of money doing it and they own a lot of property like on the east side of downtown. So they moved their headquarters and the owner of the company's gift to his employees were in these six walls. And so it's three levels. Level one was um, fun facts about the company. Okay. Level two was fun facts about the historical garment district, which the, the neighborhood they pretty much own is in. And it was actually really interesting, like, you know, illustrating all these like old suit jackets and learning about like the factory history of like garment making. Um, and then the top floor was all Cleveland stuff. I did like a map and a greetings from Cleveland mural. So it was, a, it was 153 hours of wow. <laughs> Wait, so that, did you say tax, tax for? Um, for historical buildings. So, I mean, I think what they do, like if a company wants to buy a building, they like help them find okay. tax breaks and stuff because it's a so, historical building. 
Okay, so it's like a, it's a pretty boring company. Like, it's like an exciting way of bringing yeah. life. Like, hiring you for hand lettering is it must be like it's quite a, it's quite a step out there for something that does taxes. Right, like you would never guess that I don't yeah. know something that businessy like exists in this building because it's so cool. Everyone gets a standing desk. Um, okay. They like they have coffee stations everywhere, like little Keurigs. Um, it's a very nice office space too. Um, a lot of windows, a lot of natural light. Everyone like, has a Fitbit on, so very <laughs> health patches. How do you plan for uh, like such a big project like that? Um, I said yes, and then I just figured <laughs> it out step by step. I had no idea what I was doing, but um, I put on a good face. I was like, okay, we're, are, we're going to sketch it out first. And like, I had no idea what they wanted. So I was just like, okay, I know how to letter. So I'll do a lot of lettering and like some illustration too. So I just kind of presented this idea to them and they were like, okay, we love it. That's good. Yeah. So it was like now, have you learned from that or do you still do that? Do you still just like go head on with, uh, with loads of energy? Uh, yeah, I just, <laughs> just always learning from project to project, but now I'm like, okay, like, um when writing contracts half up front half of the payment after okay. not like full payment after because that's a huge no-no um it's just like little stuff like that uh um like if i can project it like that will save me time so that'll cut the budget a little bit because with the six wall mural it was in a tight hallway and i couldn't project anything so it was all freehand and i wanted to kill myself by the end of it <laughs> wow. um but yeah, just learning on the job. How uh, how have you sort of learned more about business uh, by doing it yourself as well? Because that's something that I spoke to Daryl Daryl about, and he he was saying like moving from from a job to 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 like a full time freelance is a big jump and it's a lot of difference. You have to do a lot of things yourself. Um. So yeah, I think that's where the misconception is. Like you think you have to do it all yourself. Right. There are so many people that are in the same boat as you. And luckily, I kind of fell into it with um, the ladies from Drunk Unlettering, QB and Roxy. They kind of started this like girl gang and other freelancers chat every week about like what's going on and how they're handling contracts, how they're handling maybe difficult clients and or challenging clients. And just like little stuff like that. So I've been learning a ton from other like, you know, women-run businesses, specifically muralist, lettering, illustration, and stuff like that. And we just, like, share contracts with each other and, like, you know, just how to go about doing things, even, like, pricing. So I know that's, like, pretty taboo, but it totally helps hearing what people are charging and stuff. That's cool if you can if you can get that group of people that you trust and you can share with. I think that's, that's one of the main things I've found as well. If you, if you can do that, if people are listening as well, if they don't have that already, then it's, it's definitely worth doing. Um, there's the pricing one as well. I'm not, I don't know if you want to go into it, but I mean, like it's, it's interesting. Why don't designers talk about it? Cause we all need to help each other out. Like, why don't we just share? Cause there's some person out there like, you know, accepting $40 for a logo, which is like, what? Yeah. I mean, I know like a, one designer starts at, yeah, uh, three thousand five hundred for logos. Like, but that's like the whole like brand guidelines and everything yeah, too. Don't just get a logo, yeah. Right. So I mean, I I've done logos for like eight hundred, and people like are throwing trash at me. They're like, no, <laughs> like you need to charge more. So 
I started bumping up the price, you know, because when you do add up the hours, like, and figure out your hourly rate, so like, I've been working for 12 bucks an hour, that's not okay. <laughs> yeah. And it's obviously a thing that happens when you, when you grow um, yourself as well, and it happens with time. But uh, do you think that's why people don't share them, just because they're scared of being, like, talked down or? Maybe, like, it, it doesn't feel good when you hear yeah. someone charging more than you, and you're like, well, like, I need to fix that. Like, at first, it's just like, oh, shit, like, I really don't feel like I'm cut out for this. So, like, maybe I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe I should, like, go back to a real job or something. But, um, no, it's, like, a great learning experience. We should all, like, I don't know, maybe people don't feel comfortable sharing how much they charge because that gives away how much they make and stuff. So, and I totally get that. It's, it can be uncomfortable, but, um, actually the book, um, what is it? The graphic artist guild handbook. It's like a whole guide to pricing and licensing and all that. Like that's super helpful. Okay. I'll have to put that one up. I haven't got that one. Got a bookshop over there. I was looking at it. Um, you have it Joe? No, no, I don't. I was going to say, I've got quite a few good books. Uh, like if you if you read work for money design work for money design for love no you'll have to send that that's to really me. good <laughs> so this one, that one. It's, a black it's, it's really it's really really good it's got like it's all text not not really many images but but it's um it's really easy to read as well it's just something like like you say just tips and just goes through everything you need to do as a designer and, and uh, gives tons of advice but uh, what's, what would your advice be to people starting out in hand lettering? My advice to people just starting out in hand lettering it would be to just keep doing it. Like there are so many different styles and so many different tools out there. Just like if you're first starting, you know, it's not, it's probably going to be shit work. Like when you're first starting out, which mine totally was. If you scroll like long enough in my feed, you will see trash. Um, but just keep doing it because you're going to get better. Like I am a firm believer in like putting in 10,000 hours and like coming out with good work after that. So just keep practicing and reaching out to people, like getting feedback and, you know, asking other people what they think or, um, reaching like you, what you do, reaching out to your design heroes and being like, Hey, like, can you look at this or what do you think? Can you give me some advice? So reaching out, practicing, and going other places other than what's online for inspiration. I know, like, I found William Morris at um, the art museum here, and it was just, it was incredible being in a room of his work. Like, that was super inspiring to me. So, I don't know, getting off a screen and stuff. <laughs> how, how do you take inspiration from other people's work without stealing it? Without stealing it? Yeah. Like what I tend to do is put up, like I said, like at least 10 images on my desktop and I'm like, okay, like this font will be the highlighted words and I'll just do like a basic sans serif for words like the and uh and and so, and then like maybe this style over here, like the scripty font for the other like filler words and then maybe this border for just this section and this layout from this other quote, like for my layout and just like things here and there. So it's not just like one image where I'm like, okay, I'm copying this one image, but just taking a little, little things from everywhere. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That's, um, 
That's good because I think in like logo design as well. Most of my other guests have been logo designers. I'm trying to get more people like yourself who are branching out, um, trying to branch the podcast out. But but yeah, it's the same same similar thing because you, you can. I'm going to keep going back to this man, but Draplin with with, um, yeah. with his work. There's so many people doing the same thing. If you took a bit from him and a bit from someone else and a bit from this, but suddenly you've got something that's your own. You know, you don't. It doesn't look like one person. Uh, right. that's that's probably a similar thing with hand lettering as well you can create your own style from mixing other people is that right it's a, yeah absolutely taking a little bit from like everything out there but like it's also comes down to what you actually like too like i hate grip fonts like to me that's like my downfall especially brush lettering and there are people like out there that completely nail it, it actually it's like everywhere modern calligraphy brush lettering so I tried to stay away from that. I definitely like the more like turn of the century typography and uh, illustration like that. So that's what I try to go for. <laughs> nice. Uh, I, was, I think I heard you talk with Dan about value. Um, I might not be right. I might not, maybe I'll make it up. But if you encounter any problems with people sort of undervaluing design at all or undervaluing hand lettering, because I, I get it quite a lot in the, in the design world. Like. I know Hannah and Trian design the same thing, you know, both design, but I get it quite a lot in the in logo design world. Yeah, so I find, okay, depending on who your client is, I find if you put it in terms of their business, then they start to like relate to it because, you know, if they don't come from a design background, they don't know how many hours and like yeah. how much, um, you know, just experience learning Photoshop and Illustrator like goes into a single project. So if you have a t-shirt company and they want you to do a design for like a hundred bucks, you're like, wait, 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 wait. like this t-shirt design, like, you know, it could, um, you're probably sell like if you sell a hundred or 50 of these t-shirts for like 10 bucks, it's $500, you know, and you're doing, you're making $500 based off my design. So a hundred bucks for that design doesn't make sense um you know just stuff like that and yeah just relating to their terms pretty much yeah i think daryl put it well as well and that he you, you've got to teach people right because you can't expect them to know uh that's good uh actually i was talking to matt roth as well the guy who did the, the gorilla i don't know if you can see it from there but the, did the gorilla above new york i'll go <laughs> i'll show you later on but um yeah he, he was speaking to me about licensing and, it, and it's it's an interesting situation how you can uh, how, how you can keep charging for your work and it, and, it, and it makes sense as well you're not ripping anyone off it, you, you should charge for your, your work for as long as they use it um, oh, and licensing is huge that's something I like just found out this year that I should be charging a licensing fee on like every project yeah how's it going how's that going for you good like no no client has questioned me on it yet I'm like oh this is like I definitely should have been doing this like in the past years and stuff so yeah I think like some the the clients I have right now are just like expecting it and I don't even know if they look at my invoice they just they're like yep send it to accounting oh you guys it's too good that's great <laughs> just slowly like raise the price every time yeah. awesome I have okay so the last three questions I ask everyone First one is, what's your biggest advice to creatives or slash hand letterers? Biggest advice? Best advice, yeah. Oh, best. <laughs> I said biggest. Sorry, yeah, I said biggest. I mean best. <laughs> um, my best advice uh, would to be keep going. Like, don't expect it to be a pretty road. I would 
I think the biggest goal, or sorry, the best goal to have would to be like um, strive for good problems. What you like, you're always going to have problems, but you want good problems. So you don't want, you know, your files crashing or anything. Those are bad problems, but you want problems like, like you can't keep up with your email because it's coming in too quickly, like from so many different clients and just being busy, like being busy is definitely a good problem because you can pick and choose. But um, yeah, just striving for good problems. <laughs> how do you, how do you get the good problems? How can you sort of limit it just to the good ones? Um, you just got to figure out what you, oh, this is what we were talking about with values. So I took this all from the book, um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, which I, really recommend to everyone it's so good but he the author talks a lot about like how you have to make a list of your values and kind of dictate where you're going to put your time based on your values and right now I just launched my own business so that's like you know in the top three and I got to work around family and friends and all that and husband but um you know like good problems would definitely be or how you get good problems just be put your heart into everything like if art and lettering is something that is at the top of your values like that's where you need to spend your most time and energy damn that's that's hit me hard (laughs) (laughs) honestly that yeah that's um, that's just made a lot of sense to me actually and needs to oh good (laughs) sort of uh yeah geez i I sort of sort of figure things out now (laughs) um (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm glad that it's like it really hit home yeah um so next next is what's your best purchase under a hundred dollars uh audible um i don't know if it's under a hundred dollars but like for what 12 bucks a month um on audible.com you get a free book each month it is amazing like like, i don't have time to read so i just listen to books but i've been listening to overlap which is uh, Sean McCabe's book about like going full-time freelance like turning your side hustle into a career I mean that was a game-changer book for me um you're badass at making money uh just like the good business books and stuff I just finished Elon Musk's um, biography and that made me want to like you know spend all my time on lettering just because I want to like I don't want to be the LeBron James of lettering I want to be the Elon Musk of lettering now <laughs> nice. um, now I'm going through Elon Musk's book list, uh, starting with the uh, biography of Benjamin Franklin. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. That's you going, yeah. going deep into some people's biographies there. Um, right. I mean, you, you learn how, from other people, like, yeah, yeah. made a name for themselves. So, like, how do I do that? That's a good point. Yeah. What's, what's been the best book? Um, God, I'm, I just finished Elon Musk's biography. and You're raving about that, yeah. He has been through hell. He almost died. Um, yeah, he- I read it. Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. Well, How do you like it? I thought it was good. I thought it was a bit, it, towards the middle, it got a bit a bit boring, but it, oh my God, it, it yeah. right I, When it got too tacky and stuff, I'm just like, I don't know what any of this means. And there's some books on his uh, reading list that are about rocket science. I'm like, I'm skipping those. Like, I probably will never need that. I think I think it's interesting learning about his like bring upbringing and stuff in South Africa and and um, where he's from, which is quite cool. Definitely. I was like that's why I did the podcast as well to learn about people's stories. But um, but yeah, especially the big people and how he how he's pushed through the 
the sort of college and, and other bits and that sort of age group and yeah it's cool it's, it's a good book but it's quite a long book <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i just listened to it so it, it, to me it's like listening to a podcast pretty much yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's I, I love audiobooks i've been i've been getting on them more but that was i read that i think i think i read it before i got into audiobooks so that's a shame i have to get the audiobook and redo it but how do you want it to be remembered <laughs> oh my god yeah, no, no, exactly <laughs> <laughs> how do i want to be remembered Mm, passionate about what I do but like I don't know I want to be remembered as a nice person I should have given this way more thought but right now I'm just so work focused um I just want to yeah I want to be remembered as a night a pleasant person to be around and something someone that like makes a good impression nice well you've done that you've done that for me anyway oh good well right back at you Ah, nice. Well, it's been great. Thank you very much. Thank you. This is so awesome. How can people find you and say hello to you and, and look at your work? Um, definitely. I'm addicted to Instagram. Like, uh, I think, we, did we talk about Black Mirror and the shuttle bus? Uh, maybe. Maybe. I can't you remember. watch Black Mirror? I've seen, I've seen a few episodes, yeah. There, I think season, I forget what season it is, maybe season two or three, it's like the second episode and it's about like rating people. <laughs> and that episode really hit home because like there's a very like Instagram like social media on there and like people are just addicted to it. I'm like, that's me. <laughs> no, the, that's, not the, that's not the dating one where they're, where they're at, they're like locked into the... No, but that's also reading people. Um, this is the season before that one okay. and like the second episode. But, you know, when you talk to someone, you're like, okay, you get a five. You get a five. Uh, it's so fun. weird. Um, anyway, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram because I'm always there under Lisa underscore Quine. And then um, I don't, I'm on Facebook, Dribbble. Uh, I have a website, lisaquine.com, but mainly Instagram. Just stick with that. Thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. It was awesome chatting to Lisa, and if you enjoyed the episode too, go and share it with a friend. Like the video, subscribe, leave a little review of your biggest takeaway or your thoughts from the episode. Also, don't forget the first person to email me from this podcast will get a free book. Hello at bluedeadesign.co.uk. And this episode's book is The Book of Ideas by Radim Malinik. It's a fantastic book. I've learned a lot from it. I've also interviewed Radim. Uh, you should go and check that episode out. But if you want that book, you can email Hello Blue Dead Design. And the first person to do it will get the book free. And I'll ship it to them from Amazon. And yeah, so don't forget to do that. Thank you very much for your support as always. I'll see you in the next episode.